All right, parenting is more than a formula, part one. So this is, uh, this brings us to our next Sunday school class for this morning. <clears throat> we'll be uh, thinking through um, the fact that parents at times can be looking for a formula which will guarantee that their kids will turn out right. And so we've probably seen this in our own relationships with friends and family where um, people will sort of introduce, you know, even uh, meaning well and wanting to help can introduce different ideas. And the hope for them, and even for us sometimes as we receive it, is that if we do this, our kids will turn out a certain way, right? Um, if, if we follow these steps, A, B, C, D, then our kids will turn out like this. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. That's what I want to sort of walk through us on this idea, um, sort of uh, these different formulas for, for parenting. So just a, a, a question to, to throw out to you. What are some formulas that you've tried or that you've known people to have tried to help uh, their kids to come out a certain way? Okay. Yep. Thinking that, oh, if the grade is higher, hmm. that means we have a better chance of a better education and sure. turn out right. Sure. Yep. Yep. All right. So having that as a, uh, a test to determine, you know, how your kids may, may turn out. Yeah. Yep. What else? That's a good one. What are some other things that you can think of? of the negative things that happened to us mm. when our parents right no we that's good yeah right yeah that's good so look at our own experience things that happened with us or certain maybe styles of parenting that our parents had and we say well we didn't like that or and so we'll do the opposite in the hopes that our kids will turn out a certain way i, I think that happens a lot even subconsciously we don't even realize we're doing that yeah that's good that's good <clears throat> so I've heard of education formulas um, I heard of uh, public school uh, Christian school homeschooling um, right and not that there's anything uh, necessarily inherently wrong with these different models public school Christian school homeschool um, but when we engage in these things or when we look to them or get involved in them with the hopes that our children would turn out a certain way i think it can be it can be dangerous and so the problem here is using formulas to get children again to to turn out a certain way if i do this it'll guarantee that they come out like that right so it's not wrong to have an idea of you know how you want certain things to help um, your children and their development and maturity but when I say formula I mean this ABC will automatically equal D if I just follow the pattern right so it's, it's a formula for how we want our children to turn out um, there have been uh, parenting formulas right <clears throat> what other formulas um, or what, what formulas you've seen maybe your friends have or um, 
you know, our brothers and sisters, family, and we say, well, they did this, this, and this. And then we sort of want to follow that trail too. Um, and often you see <laughs> the kid comes out a completely different way because it's not that simple to just follow a pattern to, to get to that, that end. They even have, there are even church-based formulas, right? Um, Sunday school, uh, Awana, um, VBS, summer camps, youth groups, um, family integrated church. Um, these things <clears throat> in and of themselves can be great. But again, the issue is thinking that if we do these things, it'll make our kid turn out good or, or bad. Um, we find ourselves even using these church programs for a substitute for our own intentional and obedient parenting. Uh, so we hope the program will produce a certain type of child, right? So we want to substitute our responsibility for those things. You, you've seen that as well. <clears throat> so uh, 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 B, under your, on your sheet there, most of these formulas that I mentioned have some, some strengths. I'm sure we can think of strengths and weaknesses to any of these, from Sunday school to Awana, VBS, all those things. <clears throat> and each of the formulas has uh, weaknesses and, and problems. So if you've ever been involved in any like Awana or VBS programs, I'm sure you can think of things about them that prove that they're not the best strategy for shepherding your child's heart. I'm sure you can identify something in them where you say, well, I don't like the way they do that, or I don't like the way that they sort of work, work through that thing. We can always identify those things in those different programs. Uh, parents who have tried each of these formulas have experienced various results, D, on your sheet there. Parents who have tried each of these formulas have experienced various results. So proponents of each system can point to many examples of, of success. If I'm really passionate about, I don't know, VBS, for instance, um, the, the VBS that my church hosts, I can point to all these positive things uh, and good things and beneficial things about that VBS program um, and even do so with a sort of blind eye to things that maybe aren't so good or things that can be improved, right? So whenever we are passionate about whatever formula we, we might have in mind, we can look at all the successes in it and maybe have a blind eye to the failures. There are also examples of failure, again, in each of these formulas. Um, proponents of a given system will often blame all failure on a user error. So the parents didn't properly follow the directions provided, which is why their child didn't find success in this specific formula, right, this specific program. <clears throat> and many parents, because of this, they go from formula to formula looking for the answer. Right, so they find themselves putting too much stock in the program to parent their children to produce the perfect child so that they get disappointed when their child doesn't come out a certain way or um, you know, if, if they find a fault in whatever that, that program is. So the program or formula is used in a way that um, it was never meant to be used. Right? So a VBS, an Awana, a uh, Sunday school class even, if we... <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> if we put them in a category and expect of them to do something that they were not meant to do, then we're going to be disappointed. Um, if we send our kids to a specific camp and hope that the camp will change the nature of our child from being really bad to all of a sudden being very obedient, we're going to be disappointed when that doesn't happen. 
it was not meant to operate in that way. <clears throat> so parents need to exercise discernment when examining child training programs or formulas. All right, so A, underneath that, that category there, <clears throat> we need to recognize the difference between plausibility and proof when considering various parenting formulas. So let's, um, let's take a look at Acts 17.11. Who wants to read that for us? Acts 17.11. Harrison? And then someone else go to um, Ephesians 4.14. All right, Kareem? And then I'll go to 1 Thessalonians 5.21. So first, Acts 17.11. Right, then Ephesians 4. So that they may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, and deceitful All right, and then 1 Thessalonians 5, just start at verse 20. Do not despise prophecy, verse 21, but test everything, hold fast to what is good. So you see, um, as a Christian principle and practice using discernment, right? So we don't just uh, take things hook, line, and sinker and assume that they are good, right, virtuous, but we have to use discernment. We have to um, use the scripture to sift through things that we may be involved in or things that we may get our children involved in, right? Um, we have to use scripture as a, as, as a basis for that in, in Christian wisdom. Um, <clears throat> number one under A there, anecdotal stories do not prove that a formula works. In other words, a person's own casual observation of how, of how a formula worked in one person or two people or even three people doesn't mean it's absolutely guaranteed to work the same way with you or your children. All right, so can you think of some things that, I don't know, maybe you've seen a few families do or, or a few children participate in and, uh, and how it affected each of them differently, whether it's a program, whether it's a, I don't know, school, whether it's an activity or something. Going back to the first page, you know, you, you mentioned uh, private school. Hmm. And so obviously, um, because we didn't do the homework we did, <laughs> um, our school that she was going for was a prep school. Um, so we, you know, yeah. Among many other reasons, we decided to put her in private school. Yeah. And but when we were talking to new parents at the time and asking them why did you choose the school, <coughs> there was some of them like, oh, our our neighbors' kids went there and they're so respectful. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah. So there was obviously yeah. like this hope. Yeah. That their children would <laughs> that turn out. That is a perfect example. Yep. Would turn out the same way. You know, I don't really necessarily consider this a formula, but you know, I, I've definitely heard of that parents like you know make sure they catechize their children, sure, just so that they can be able to speak the, right. the truth of God. Um, but you know, but I think the the, the key word is guarantee. Right, right. So like, I think as long as it's just a hope that you're building a foundation, right, it ultimately is going to rest with God. Yeah, yep. Um, no, that's good. So, yep. 
<clears throat> and the thing here that, that's a, a great point, that's a great example too. The thing here that, that makes it um, a, a formula is just that. Um, if you do this, it guarantees these, these results. And that's uh, what we want to steer away from in our thinking about this. Harrison? Yeah. the whole um, sort of uh, foundation and the Christian life is this life of faith, right? Um, thinking that if we keep our children away from this thing, they'll turn out a certain way. If we involve them in that thing, they'll, they'll turn out a certain way. Um, if it was that, that simple, it wouldn't require faith. <laughs> there is, there's prayer, there's wisdom, there's, there's faith. And I think about Proverbs 22 and how that is a proverbial truth that is it's 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 more of a double-edged sword than it is a promise of, of anything because all of proverbs is this instruction listen to uh the instruction of your father listen to the instruction of your mother mother my son my son listen to the instruction um it's instruction because there is instruction needed for the child lest they go a certain way which means they can go a certain way so when you think about proverbs um train up a child in the way he should go train them up negatively and it's difficult for them to break from that train them up you know positively in the commands and it's difficult for them to to break from that and it's not salvific it's a pattern of life um it's uh, uh and, and I, I think about my own experience when i was so i got saved sometime in between my senior year in high school and my first year in college and I remember, I mean, I grew up in a house where we, we went to church every Sunday, sometimes Wednesday, sometimes Friday. Um, and I remember when I got my, my first car, um, or my second car, um, I was like, well, I don't have to go to church anymore. I'm, I'm a man, <laughs> I, can, I can drive myself where I wanna go. And, um, and I remember I stopped going to church. I told my mom, I'm not gonna go to church. And she was like, okay. And she left. <laughs> And um, I was shocked, like, it was that easy? I don't have to go to church on Sunday? And I, I think I was out of, I was an unbeliever. I think I was out of church for maybe two weeks and I was sitting at home Sunday morning and it just felt weird. It's like, this is, I'm supposed to be somewhere. And by default, I'm putting on my clothes, getting dressed and I'm driving to church. I'm not with my mom, I'm not with my family. I got my own car and I'm driving to church. An unbeliever, I have no desire for holiness, the word, I haven't seen my sin, but it was a pattern just sort of set by default, um, by, by experience, rather I should say, in my conscience to, to go. Um, and the Lord eventually, he saved me. 
during that time, uh, those few months actually in between high school and college, he saved me. Um, I went to church one day of my own accord, heard the gospel, and been walking in faith since. So again, so Proverbs, it's, it's more proverbial. It has a negative end and a positive. It can be negative or, or positive. So anyway, but that's a great point, Harrison. Um, second, uh, number two under uh, a, <clears throat> a there. Sometimes the scriptures quoted for whatever formulas doesn't prove what the formula advocates or claims. So at times we can misuse scripture in order to confirm our own perspectives about a certain thing. Um, if we're adamant that, I don't know, um, kids you know, spending a certain amount of time you know, in the backyard each day is, is the best thing for them. And we go to scripture and we, and we find some verse and it has nothing to do with it, but we use it to prove our point. Um, we, we do that for all sorts of things. Um, and that's, that's not the, the, the best way to approach that. Um, three, an advocate of a particular formula may sound very persuasive without actually proving that this formula is true and biblical. So zeal doesn't prove something works. Passion is not a stamp of approval for something being biblical, right, or wise. Because it's, um, we grew up with a specific thing and it's worked for us doesn't mean it is absolutely foundationally biblical. Um, Proverbs 19.2 says, Desire without knowledge is not good. And whoever makes haste with his feet misuses or misses his way. Um, desire without knowledge, not good. Whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. So there's a warning against um, a sort of hastiness without uh, discernment, knowledge, um, and the application of that. So again, um, <clears throat> we want to be mindful of that too. Four, contrary data may be ignored or explained away when we become passionate or when someone's trying to get us to believe something about a specific way of training our children. When someone is presenting a formula for how we should parent our children and they say things like, this is the only way to do this, that's probably a red flag. Because it doesn't make room for nuances and the child's personality and the family dynamic right? <clears throat> Proverbs eighteen seventeen. the one who states his case first seems right until another comes and examines it. Um, again, this is all under the umbrella of um, using wisdom and discernment as we think about raising our children. What's good for them, what's not good for them, what's positive, what's negative. Um, <clears throat> five, some of what is asserted is demonstrably false. For instance, um, I'm thinking of a, a, a friend I had some years back. And when we first had our son, Caden, um, and it was a, there was like a baby boom in the church and all these women were, these wives were, were pregnant. Um, and there was just all this advice going around. Everybody was sharing stuff and you know, you just, you, you wanna make sure you don't make the wrong move and, or else your kid's gonna, you know, die. <laughs> it's never the case. <laughs> They're always fine. Um, but I remember a friend saying, um, I, know a fan, I know this couple, I've never heard their baby cry. He never cries. He said, well, when, he, when he, has, he has a wet diaper, they change him right away so he doesn't cry. 
he eats every two hours so that he never has to cry for food. And you go talk to that couple and you say, does your child cry? They say, of course he cries. <laughs> He's been crying all night, actually. <laughs> and, but for, for this person, my friend, that couple hours he spent with them a week, this is what he saw and that became the sort of rule. And oh, your children don't actually have to cry. You can keep them from crying if you just do this, 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 and this. And of course, that's not actually true. Um, so again, some of what's asserted concerning certain formulas for child raising are demonstrably false. Um, six, we want to be good Bereans when listening to anyone who tries to tell us how to parent our children. Now, I'm not advocating for this sort of, you can't tell me anything and um, you know, I know my child, child better than anyone and my you know, perspectives on my child are always you know, infallible. That's, that's not wise. Um, because you're the child's parent doesn't mean that your perspective of the child is always right. Um, there's a, I think a, there's, a, a, there's a pride in that that pushes against wisdom, the wisdom of your parents maybe, the wisdom of you know, wise friends and counsel and stuff. So we don't want to think that way, but we do want to be good Bereans. We want to we wanna listen, we want to contemplate, consider, and then apply things that, that are good and helpful and tested. Um, B, <clears throat> but actually any questions before I go to B? Thoughts, questions, concerns? Okay, B. Many Christian approaches to parenting are legalistic. Legalism involves going beyond the scriptures, right? Legalism is making a command out of something that God has not commanded. And when we make a command of that thing, it means that it's sin if someone doesn't do it. So that's the danger of, of, of legalism. If someone, if, if we have an idea about our parenting and we say, well, scripture commands that we do it this way. That means that by that person not doing it, they're sinning against God. And we don't want to get into that, that territory. Um, someone go to 1 Timothy 3.16 and then someone else go to Proverbs 30, verse 6. Who wants 1 Timothy? Or 2 Timothy. Second. Yep. And then Proverbs 30. All right, Jessica. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. <laughs> Thank you. So again, we don't want to be, we, we don't want to go beyond scripture um, and our parenting principles, right? Two there, it is very important to distinguish between what scriptures command versus one of many possible ways to fulfill our responsibilities to God. Right, so the scriptures may command us to, to do something. Um, and the obedience to that command, depending on the family dynamic, may look different. Right? We have to be able to uh, discern what that, what that means and what that looks like. When I was working on this class, I had an example. And I wrote it down in my mind. <laughs> and now I can't remember it. But making that distinction between what scripture commands and uh, many, one of 
uh, a few ways to fulfill those, those responsibilities. Well, let me ask you, what can you think of, a scripture that you can think of, um, where you would say um, obedience to this may look different for different families, right? So we're thinking about parenting, thinking about child rearing and stuff like that. What, what comes to mind for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can provoke <laughs> You know what I mean? So obviously I'm commanded to correct her if yeah. she does something wrong. Even if I do it in a gentle voice, right. it doesn't necessarily mean she doesn't get upset. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So I have That's to good. like think through like am I, you know you know, I, I have to tell her that it's wrong. Right. So Yeah. Yeah. How do you how do yeah, you do I, that? And, you know, but I'm not I'm not like, you know, I'm doing it such a way that yeah, you know, that's that, 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 you know, I actually think like, well, that's provoking. Yeah, so. yeah, yep. Yeah, and having sort of an awareness of your own heart, right? How you're saying it, at what point, like, at what, the, at what time you're saying it, is it the best time to. Not that I've heard to, it. <laughs> I definitely fail. But, you know, I just, I you're not perfect? No. You sure? <laughs> just, no, I get that, yeah. You had a thought? Yeah, uh, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but whoever loves him diligent, diligent to discipline him. Okay. Yeah. Like, take that in different ways. Yeah, or apply it in, in different ways. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a advocate of spanking, but uh, <laughs> I think there there can be uh, ways that people can look at that and um, abuse the good command of it, or say, well, it must be with I don't know uh, this this type of tool or that that thing or at this time or, or whatever you can add to that and I think abuse it all right so three and we'll talk about this a little more under under three the biblical commands concerning child training are quite basic but we as parents are then called to work out the specifics in our own situation so I'm I think about if you an example of this, I think, if you tell a 10-year-old to go get into uh, the bathtub, it's, it's, it's time to take a bath, and you tell a two-year-old to go get into the bathtub, it's time to take a bath, and you have the same expectations on both of them, that can be abusive. Because the 10-year-old, of course, has a wider capacity, they know what that means, they've had, had experience, the two-year-old can barely climb into the bathtub. right? So taking um, or having our own ideas and or things that we command that we that should be done even and applying them to uh, two different children in the same way, expecting the same results, I think can be very um, harmful, right? And it can be a form of, of abuse. Even their capacity to understand what you're saying can be, um, if, if, if we don't recognize the distinction in that, it can be abusive as well, right? So biblical commands concerning Training our children are usually basic, and we as parents, we have to work through the specifics of those in our own situation. I wish I could think of more good examples there, but... I have an example. You got one? Go for it. I was just thinking of, uh, a lot of it is degrees. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. applying this spanking principle, but he was really bad, and so a few more, hmm. and, and maybe a few more. Yeah. 
so it's really hard to mm. make this judgment call in the heat of battle. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah, no, that's a really good. Degrees. That's a really good point. Yeah, trying to make that judgment call at the at the moment, trying to guard your own heart while you discipline rightly, right? So you're not disciplining out of out of out of anger, right? Or rage. Yep. Yeah. I was I, I mentioned this at a at a past class, but I remember um, some some book I was reading or podcast or something I heard where they said it's, it's, this was a, a principle. It's not a command, but a principle. He said it's best to keep the rod of correction in another room so that when your children uh, are, you know, disobey and you're upset, you have the time to walk to go get it and come back so that when, when you get back to them, your heart is in a better place. But children disobey in every room. <laughs> every day. So what room do you put it in? <laughs> But again, it's it's a principle, right? <laughs> it's a principle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can think of ways in which that doesn't work, but again, these are just principles for that person that 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 worked apparently. But yeah, so we can think of you know different things and that we've heard or read that may work for one person but doesn't work for everybody in, in the same way. Okay, four. Some make their particular methodology law while failing to acknowledge the, um, the, that other approaches are equally valid ways to fulfill biblical commands. So back to treating things that aren't explicitly commanded as, as commands. Uh, and hopefully just by saying this, um, it'll help us to have some awareness of when that might be happening in our own lives or as we talk to people. Um, we just don't, we, we don't wanna be those who, again, go beyond scripture. Yeah. So just, I remember, like, when Sailor was little, I would get approached all the time, like, are you going to homeschool your daughter? Are, you know? And I was just like, well, I don't, why don't we just, you know, say, what edu- have you guys made a choice on what educational path you're going to pursue? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, you know, why are we saying that one way? Yeah. Like, that kind of statement made it sound like that was the right way. Right, right. And yeah. You know, where other ways God can might be calling, you know, your children to public school, God might be calling them to private school, God might be calling them to homeschool. I knew one family that had like seven kids and they had all three. Yeah. So, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, so I just I think just even just the way we <clears throat> ask questions of people mm. should just be a little bit more broader so that we don't make people feel yeah. like any choice mm. that they have is the wrong choice. Yeah. When scripture hasn't said. That's good. So. Yeah. That's helpful. Yep. <clears throat> okay, five there. Uh, some believers impose their extra biblical rules and preferences on others, which we sort of talked about. Um, and then six, sometimes the extra biblical rules or traditions become more important than the scripture actually teaches. So Mark 7 eight i'll just go ahead and read it since i'm close uh it says you leave the commandment of god and hold to the tradition of men and in the context here jesus is speaking to these pharisees who have um for the sake of their own tradition neglected god's god's commands so again that that applying that in principle here not having a view of our own 
um, parenting style as a rule for, for everyone else or as a command for them. Um, uh, seven, some people actually claim divine revelation for their child training methods. Have you ever met someone who's done that? I did. I used to go to a church where that happened a lot. I probably did it myself a few times. I didn't have kids back then, but just generally. Um, that, that's something that can, that can happen too. I had a dream about this thing where the Lord showed me from a conversation with this person that this must be done. That's, that's not healthy either. Um, eight, what is not biblically mandated as a family choice. Um, so we don't want to, um, again, in that same vein, um, give commands to something that's uh, not biblically mandated. So we should have room for liberty and nuance. Uh, the Bible leaves a lot of areas for Christians to disagree and still love one another. Right? So our family uh, dynamics, uh, direction, uh, preferences, um, don't, they, they shouldn't cause us to have disunity where um, you, know, you can't hang out with a certain group of people because they let their kids do, you know, A, B. I mean, use discernment, right? <laughs> certain things you, you should. But generally speaking, um, we as Christians who are all uh, trying to strive to honor God and how we raise our children, um, we should have room for nuances and space to disagree and still love one another well, right? <clears throat> um, nine, extra biblical formulas often fail to take into account legitimate differences between kids and between families. All right, so <clears throat> again, I, I wanna sort of throw this out for you. Extra biblical formulas often fail to take into account legitimate differences between kids and between families. So what are some differences between kids that you think should be considered um, in, in parenting and certain formulas and certain principles? I'm trying to think broadly here. In kids and in, in family dynamics. Okay. And what are some situations you think you would... Is that a thing? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'll just, you know, she was always wanting to be in the spotlight hmm. growing up, and I was always trying to hide from the camera, yeah. the video camera or whatever, yeah. so, um, but, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, just, uh, you know, my parents, because they were only a year apart, treated us like we were twins. Okay. Hmm. Um, even to this day, like, my sister wanted a sewing machine, I got a sewing machine. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was for sale. <laughs> but yeah, just, you know, um, yeah. yeah. So would you say in that um, they're treating you both just you know from your example the same way can be harmful or good? Um, do you, you see positives and negatives, and you having two different personalities, but sort of being expected to respond the same way. You don't have to get into like yeah, your deep heart yeah, issues. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just like you know, they just like, now you wash the dishes. We both have to do it. Yeah. I'm not mm. doing your hair anymore. Like I always mm. got started a year earlier, got cut off a year earlier. Ah, uh, I see. I see. Huh. That's yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. 
to that personality, you know, I think about my sister and I, whenever she had, whenever we had to be disciplined, my dad said, all right, I'm going to spank you out. Like, she stands there and receives it. <laughs> and my dad has to chase me around. Because <laughs> okay. so that's you. you got to bring it to the table. You probably feel some way about that comment. (laughs) So I would just like recognizing your kids' strengths and weaknesses and God has gifted them differently and you know, holding them rather than having a certain expectation. Don't compare. Don't compare. So not 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 comparing. Yeah. That's good. Well you can you can see see this happening that we as adults we um want to make help we need help making these decisions. Mm How are you going to spank these two different girls? Um, you have to deal with each one individually and explain to them, and it's a whole lot more work to have each one, each situation. But if you're if you come to Sunday school class and hear this beat into you, you have to deal with them differently, and then uh, maybe that will help you in this decision making process. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's so easy to fall into that. He did it. Bam. She did it. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Um, one of the things that, that is a great example of, of that, that can just be kind of burned into your mind in a way is how two kids can identical, there, there's been um, twins born to a um, uh, to, to a mixed couple that one kid is very uh, dark and the other kid is very light, like, I mean pale and you know uh, deep African you know? Okay. and um, but they're twins Yeah. How's that possible? Yeah. This because we, we often think of, of these characteristics, oh they're they're you know, immutable. It's a guarantee that they're gonna be the same because they're they're twins. But even in that it's not a guarantee. Hmm. So how can if, if if that which we would think is so set in stone. Yeah. Biologically, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yep. It's uh, uh, nuances. It, it it varies. Um, and just thinking back to uh, your point, um, like I've noticed something in my, my own kids, uh, just the different personalities. Um, my my daughter's uh, well, both of them. My son is very tenderhearted. My my daughter as well, but she responds differently to correction. Um, so if I, uh, you know say something with a certain tone she she acts like i just <laughs> spanked her i did <laughs> but that for her is enough that daddy's upset with me and it's different for my different children so even having you know more than one you're trying to identify the nuances in in, in each now there are biblical principles that underlie all of them the same 
it's not to say don't you know do those things but identifying to degrees and nuances with with each and what that that looks like and that's not always hard they don't come with the manual when you just read it and say okay this is what i do it's often by experience um you fail you try you succeed you fail you succeed you succeed it's sort of like a that the index the ticker um and so that's just what parenting is at least what i found but um any other thoughts any other examples any parents here (laughs) green you a parent what you got to say (laughs) that's my wife by the way so i can do that Mm. Yeah. I noticed that she has some of my traits and she has some Andrew traits. Mm. So when she reacts a certain way and I have no idea where she's coming from, I like, I ask him because uh, it mm. might be some of his traits yeah. versus mine. And the same way when she does something that's weird to him, I say, well, oh no, I used to do that when I was little. Yeah. Like, mm. Yeah, that's good. So sometimes talking, um, I notice that seeing a family, uh, they get traits from hmm. every person. Yeah. Sometimes it helps us maybe be more compassionate. Oh, okay, this is probably what they're like. Um, hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, seeing you and your children is just really interesting. It can be a weird feeling sometimes. Um, little personality traits and just things that, like, you weren't there when I did that. Why do you do this? <laughs> it's very interesting. But it can be helpful. You learn from one another how to better parent your child as you sort of uh, bounce things off of one another and see things from each other in the child. Yeah. Yep, that's good. So I can say from that perspective, I had to deal with a little bit of bitterness over the years. Like, why did I get all this pain? I hear, your sister's just too sensitive. You know, your brother's just been having kind of out. I was the son that wants to just be aware of that. You're just a little bit. That's the whole takeaway. Thank you. Uh, everybody's going, they're not going to remember nothing I taught, but they'll remember that. <laughs> Your kids won't judge you. <laughs> That's going to be burned in my head now. <laughs> That's good. Mark? Yeah. It's an idol, and they're living what they call living through your child. 
Yeah. Yeah. The bad expectation. I was just reading through about Samuel and uh, the eight boys, you know, looking for the one that would be called and it'd be a David. Yeah. He was out in the field because he wasn't expected to use the, the front of the litter. Right. You know, but these strong tall men and they were rejected over and over again. It's like, where's the eight? Hmm. You know? Yeah. So this expectation. <clears throat> Yeah, that's good because we can get into a practice of trying to create our child in our image, right? So how we talk to them, how we discipline them, how we encourage them, how we love them, um, it can be geared towards I want them to, and it's not somebody else's expectation or their formula, but it's your own formula (coughs) that you've created. Like, you know, the, the cheerleader or, you know, I was a track star. I want my kid to be a track star. I was a baseball player or... You know, yeah, right. So yeah. I started at seven. They're gonna start at five, right? So all we got to be watchful of those those things as well. It's not always sports. It can be, it can be a whole gamut yeah. of, of things. Just yeah, that, that's a danger for 